And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Thursday. Casey Jisclair here, minus Coach Brian Colley, who is enjoying some family time, getting some R&R. He is retired after all, semi-retired after all. We've got a fun show coming your way today. We have got a show that is um, loaded full with call-in guests today. We've got, in the next segment of the show, Justin Payne, the Nichols State University women's basketball coach who will be joining us um wow is all we could say uh Justin Payne and the Colonels go on the road yesterday and get a victory over Tulane huge win like Tulane is a big time prominent program like that is a big 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 win for the Colonels yesterday on the road against Tulane in coach Payne's second game as the women's basketball coach in Thibodeau they're playing at home tomorrow, 11 a.m., a game that you could watch on ESPN+, Plus. a game that yours truly will be on the call. So you're probably saying to yourself, well, just Claire, if you are going to be calling Nichols basketball tomorrow at 11 a.m., then how are you going to do play-by-play at 11.30? Well, the answer to that is tomorrow we are going to be off the air. So tomorrow we're not going to have a show. Today is going to be our final show of the week, um, and it just works out better. It makes it a little easier for me to be at Thibodeau early in the day. Then I could kind of scoot up to Geismar and go watch the Tarpons play Dutchtown, and it just kind of makes the the travel situation a little bit better. I could kind of break it up into some pieces. Um, over at the state tournament right now, we've got E.D. White playing a quarterfinal Division Three. State volleyball playoff match against Lafayette Christian. The Cardinals won set one, 27 to 25. They are losing in set two, 16 to six against Lafayette Christian. So we're hopeful that E.D. White, and, and thanks to Brad Weimer, by the way, for giving us um, live up to the minute updates from what's going on out there at uh, in Lafayette. Uh, but we're hopeful that the Cardinals are able to get that win. Um, but you're pretty much playing a road match, right? I mean, you're facing Lafayette Christian in Lafayette at like 10 o'clock in the morning. So I don't know how much of Thibodeau was able to make it out there. Hopefully, E.D. White has a strong rooting contingent as they're taking on a very strong opponent. I'm told Lafayette Christian has some big girls up front. And uh, hopefully, they're able to get it done. Um, after Justin Payne at 11.45, we've got B.J. Young at noon who will be joining us. B.J. will be talking with us about South Lafouche and Dutchtown. Uh, big game tomorrow, big playoff game in Division One. Then at 12-15, Mr. Stan Gravois and I will be chatting about all of the stuff in the area. We've got uh, big matchups. You know, We'll be talking about all the playoff teams and the volleyball playoffs and all the prep stuff. And I'm sure Stan and I will talk about LSU and Florida and the Saints and the Vikings and all the weekend stuff that's going to be coming up. Um, last night, I was fortunate enough to be able to head on out to Thibodeau High School and watch the uh, Lafouche Parish Girls Basketball Jamboree. So, had a great opportunity there to watch several of our local teams play. There were six teams total in attendance. Uh, the opening game of the Jamboree was South Lafouche taking on Berwick, with the Lady Tarpons getting a pretty lopsided and pretty decisive uh, victory on the scoreboard. Of course, these are just exhibition games or scrimmage games, you know, 20-minute uh, games as opposed to 32 in game two, Assumption gets a narrow, hard-fought victory over Central Lafouche. Closed game came down to the wire, final seconds. And then in the, the nightcap, Thibodeau gets a hard-fought win over E.D. White. So just some thoughts, um, you know, kind of breaking it down game by game. In the first game, um, 
look, there's no way to sugarcoat it, right? There's no way for me to, to say this um, without sounding a little bit harsh, right? Um, Berwick is not going to be very good this year. They're, they're, they're still a couple ways, a couple years away. They're, um, they look young. Uh, they're not as skilled. But with all of that having been said, South Lafouche did what they needed to do, right? Um, they attacked. They forced turnovers. They got in transition. They played hard defense. They finished at the rim. And they did so without several key pieces and several key players, which is very impressive to see. Um, uh, Loprejean girl played exceptionally well uh, and was doing some big things and was really helping her team. Uh, South Lafouche has some size, man. A bunch of big girls, a bunch of big, big girls. Um, if they could um, develop some of the skill sets of some of those post players, you're going to have a very big and a very physical team. Um you're going to get Ellie Lorraine hopefully back soon from the injury that she's been dealing with, and hopefully that will you know, not be something that lingers. And, and you're looking at a team that I think could be improved, right? Um, you're still competing in Division One. It's going to be brutally tough. And we could do the whole Division One debate every single show, um, but it is what it is at this point. So it's going to be a tough road. But I do think it's a Lady Tarpon team that could be improved from last year. Um I was impressed with Madison Bruce, uh, shot making. She was, uh, she made some shots from distance last night, seems to be in pretty good shape. And I, I, I was impressed with Madison Bruce and the way that she played last night as well. Game two, um, Assumption gets the win. Uh, and I think Assumption showed last night the athleticism that they have and some of the reasons why uh, folks are going to be excited and counting on them to probably be a playoff team again in Division Two non-select. Remember, they were a playoff team last year, went on the road in the opening round and played Ellender <clears throat> over at Terrebonne High School and almost won that game. Like Until the final minutes of that game, Assumption had um, Ellender somewhat on the ropes. Uh, Ellender did get that win and then lost in the second round, but Assumption has a lot of key pieces back off of that team. They showed that they were very athletic. They showed that, you know, they have some skill. Um, but the thing that I most took from the second game of the Jamboree last night was um, Central Lafouche. Uh, I was not necessarily knowing what to expect because, look, it is what it is. You lost a bunch of seniors last year. And in addition to losing a bunch of seniors, you lost a bunch of seniors who played key roles. You lost a bunch of seniors who uh, had started, you know, 40, 50-plus games in your program, multi-year starting players. You lose that. Um, what was it going to look like with a less experienced team? I saw a group out there that was still very athletic. I saw a group out there that was competing. I saw a group out there, look, let's be honest, Tor, if you're listening, uh, I think you would agree, was still a little bit out of shape, right? You know, some girls were very tired, very winded at the end, and whenever they get into basketball shape, it could be a different animal. And I saw a Trojan team that I think is going to be very exciting and is going to be a very tough out in our local 5A district. I thought they played hard. I thought they competed. Um, for a team that was not very experienced, they impressed me with their poise that they showed in a very physical, look, that was a very physical scrimmage game. Um, a very difficult scrimmage game to officiate because of how physical it got. But I, I was super impressed with um with the way that um Central Lafouche handled themselves last night. Um, the last game, you have Thibodeau get a win over Ed White, and a couple of things there. 
Thibodeau has all the pieces, right? I don't know that Thibodeau played very well last night. Um, they kind of just kind of slumbered through. Um, did what they had to do. They got the win. Don't think Ashley uh, Barbo is going to be all that thrilled with the way that her team executed. Um, some of the fans sitting next to me said, you know, hey, it looked like the team's just kind of playing in water or stuck in mud or just look kind of a half step slow. That's what the Jamborees are for. But with that, all of that having been said, um, E.D. White deserves a lot of credit for that, too, because they were doing things that was making it difficult for Thibodeau. Look, you put the kids in a park and you tell them to go play pickup basketball, you would favor Thibodeau 100 times out of 100 over E.D. White. Top to bottom, they have a more talented roster. They have a deeper roster. They have a bigger and stronger roster. But when you start putting systems and offenses and coaching and, and all those little things into it, E.D. White made him compete last night. It was very close and it was very competitive. And E.D. White, to me, reminds me a little bit of the South Lafouche boys last year, right? Is that um, you have a weapon in Caroline Adams that could go off and score 20, 30, 40 points anytime she takes the floor. It's going to be, for E.D. White girls, a matter of, A, if they could get Caroline going on any given game, which she's more than capable B, can the support players around Caroline, who are going to have nothing but great opportunities to score as teams scheme their defense to try to take Caroline away, are they going to be able to come through and see the one thing that I want to see with Caroline, and by the way, Caroline signed with Nickel State University yesterday. Super congratulations to her. She's going to be a great colonel. But see, the last thing that I want to see is sometimes, and I, I really believe this, I think Caroline sometimes is too unselfish. Caroline, listen, listen to me. Uh, if you're listening to the show, please, please listen. If you're one-on-one um, and you got a driving lane, like, go score. I, I respect so much her willingness and her constant desire to always make the right basketball play. But you're Caroline freaking Adams. Uh, go score. If you've got that opportunity and it's one-on-one and, and they're not doubling you, they're not cheating off of you, go attack, go draw a foul, go go make something happen. I think at times she is such a selfless player that it could in, it like could potentially be a little bit of a detriment. I, I would like to see her be a little more aggressive and a little more understanding of the fact that, hey, I'm the I'm that dude. Like I'm the best player on the floor. Um, y'all are gonna have to force the ball out of my hands because if not, I'm gonna hang 35 on you. Uh, she's got that skill. I would like to see a little bit more killer instinct. But I thought that the ED White team played well. They challenged Thibodeau, made Thibodeau work for it. And all in all, it was a very impressive showing at the Jamboree for our local LaFouche teams. I understand Terrebonne um, hosted the girls' jamboree. I'm told Vanderbilt beat Ellender. I'm told HL Bourgeois defeated South Terrebonne. Didn't get a score on the Homa Christian scrimmage. If anybody that's listening knows how that one went down, let us know, and we'll be sure to shout it out. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Justin Payne. The Nichols Colonels got a huge win yesterday against Tulane on the road. Big signature win for JP. Super excited for him. We'll be right back after this. The music on the bayou, the rage and Cajun, 1600 AM, KLEB, and 102.7 FM. 
This is Councilwoman Jessica Domang. I decided to run for office just four years ago because I knew we needed change. I was tired of these same old entrenched politicians not delivering results. My district of East Homa and downtown has been the neglected and forgotten part of town for years with crumbling infrastructure. I have worked hard to clean up my community, and we have delivered unprecedented investments into my district since taking office, including economic development initiatives, millions in road and culvert repairs, and multiple major drainage projects, both completed and in the engineering phase. As your next state representative, I will bring the same work ethic to all of District 53. We are all in this fight together as the underserved communities of our parish. We must all come together so that every resident can be proud to call Terrebonne Parish home. Early voting begins Friday, November 3rd and ends Saturday, November 11th. Please vote Jessica Domang, number 58. Paid for by the Jessica Domang Campaign Fund. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with all new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper, or if it's just you for your daily commute, the comfort and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, the back road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafourche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette, plus the River Parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply, 985-223-8807, Highway 311 in Homa. True story. Last night I was at the Lafouche Parish Girls Basketball Jamboree and I'm filming and taking pictures and doing all my usual stuff. And I was on the phone frantically following the action out in New Orleans as Nichols gets a victory over Tulane. Came down to the final second. A shot at the buzzer falls wayward and the Colonels get a big victory improved to 2-0 in the season. I will be blessed to call their game tomorrow on ESPN Plus. So in advance of that, we figured we'd get their girls basketball coach on the line now, Coach Justin Payne, women's basketball coach at Nichols State University. Coach, good morning, buddy. How we doing? I'm doing good, man. Feeling really, really blessed. Uh, can't thank God enough, first and foremost, uh, for waking us up this morning and uh, for a great team win last night. Yes, sir. You guys competed, played super hard, and look, a lot of people don't understand and realize Tulane annually is a program that's pushing 20 wins and making NCAA tournaments and NITs. Like, this was a big one last night for your team. And what was most impressive to me, man, is that every time they would make a little run at you, uh, you guys would come back and make a run back at them. Heck, Tulane made a, a shot, went up by two with seven minutes left. Next, next possession, y'all make a three. Like, everything they came with, you guys had an answer for. 
Absolutely, man. We we wanted it really bad. Uh, we talked about if we wanted to win this game, we needed to earn it like we've been doing all year long. We took from the preseason. We took away everybody's jersey. Then no one had jersey numbers, any of that. And, um, you know, we just wanted to make sure that we earned everything. And I told him, I said, this is, before the game, I told him, I said, this is why we did this in the preseason. Now, like, so that we can earn everything that we get. Tulane's not going to give you anything. The official's not going to give you anything. But we want to earn everything. And, you know, you've been around Nichols a long time, man. That's the colonel way. It's just to earn it. It's just to fight for it. And uh, that's what we did. And they made big play after big play. And I'm so proud of our young ladies. Coach, I really feel like, and I said this many times last year, that Lexi Alexander is a very forceful, very good player. But I didn't know last year if she understood how good of a player that she is. This year, and I got a chance to see your opening game on Monday, um, I saw more energy. I saw more life. She's getting and one. She's yelling. She's screaming. Like I think that she's starting to understand hey, I'm really, really good at this basketball thing. 17 points, eight rebounds last night, eight of 14. She looks like she's playing with more confidence now. Absolutely, man. We, and we started that by giving her a voice in the locker room. So we gave her a voice. She was voted. She had the most votes for team captain. And she knows, like, this offense is we're going through you. Like, the team knows we're going through Lexi. Our opponents know we're going through Lexi. And she understands the scout. She's on the top of the scout every night. We're not afraid of that. We got other great players, but it's just the way things are ran. We're going to go through her, and we're very, very confident in her. Her teammates are very confident in her, and her confidence is continuing to grow. So um, we're not shying away from that. We are, we are proud of her. We want to continue to add to her bag, um, her offensive bag, and uh, continue to help her grow as a player and a person. Coach, one of the things you told us in the preseason before you guys started, you said, hey, man, one of the big things that I wanted to do when I got the job here is make the team a little more athletic. We had to get more athletes in here. Delgado, true freshman, playing exceptionally well. Uh, Craig playing well. The Curtis kid last night was huge. 18 points, true freshman, four made three-pointers. Skipworth, Malone, like some of these new faces are coming in and are making a big difference right away. Yeah, absolutely, man. We wanted to make a splash in recruiting with what we had, and we, you know, we tried to do the best we could with what we had, and we, we knew some of those kids from um, – these were the same kids that we were, we were recruiting at Georgia Southwestern. And we felt like you know, we, we had built the program up over there where we weren't settling on kids, where we were getting Division One players, and we had a lot of faith in those kids as we were coming down to Nichols that they could make a splash here as well. And then now the hard work is just being shown when the bright lights come on. Coach, I had your game on Monday against North American University. You guys got a 17-point win in that one. At halftime, you were leading by one. And it looked like in the third quarter there was a renewed energy in terms of you know defending, deflecting, you know getting on the floor. Uh, what did you tell them at halftime to kind of get them going? Because admittedly, the first half you guys didn't play all that well. What did you tell them at halftime to get them going? Yeah, just what you said, like we weren't playing well. So we, and I, I just told them, I said, look, this is not the same team that I see in practice every day. You know, I don't know if you're, you're nervous, you're jitters for the first home game. We got a little bit of a crowd. You're not used to seeing that. Uh, I shared the, all these things with them. But I said, is, this is about the reboot. This is what we've been preaching, what we've been talking about all preseason long. Now it's time for you guys to go out there and show it with first impression of these fans and the people that's in the gym, 
but I say also I want you to have fun, okay? I don't know in the first half if you guys are really having fun. I said I want you in the second half to do what we do, play harder, but have fun doing it within what we're trying to do. And I felt like we saw some things late. Uh, after that game, we didn't practice. We had a two-hour film session, and that meant everything. We had a walkthrough on the tennis courts right outside Stouffer for Tulane, and that meant everything. The girls were locked in, and uh, the film, they just saw, man, look at the mistakes we made. Look at the things that we did great. If we continue to do this, then we're going to be a great team. For sure, man. Look, you got another one tomorrow at home against Suno. It's going to be a little bit of a weird situation. It's a it's a weekday game that's starting at 11 a.m. I know you guys are going to have some students and everything coming in, so there's going to be some folks in the gym. But the routine's going to be a little bit different. How do you make sure that girls are ready to roll for a game that's going to be a little earlier than normal on a school day? Yeah, Casey, we're going to be ready. We're going to be ready. You know, we don't have time to, to, to feel excited about ourselves or – or whatever, Tulane, it was a great win. We're excited, but we got to get back focused for the next game, and I'm going to have these girls ready to play. I can promise you that. Yeah, that's awesome to hear, dude. And look, you know, one of the things that um, I was looking at on Monday is that got a big old roster, and some of the names were scratched out. Some of the kids, you know, may not be eligible to go right now, or some kids may be injured or whatever. But from what I was talking with Jamie about, you guys may get some reinforcements here before the year ends. That's got to be awfully encouraging, knowing that hey, man, like we're we're playing well right now, and there are there's still a couple of you know young ladies that could come in and help. Yeah, absolutely. One of our, our grad transfers, Michaela Etienne, uh, she played great in the scrimmages uh, versus FIU for us. Uh, been great all preseason. She was starting uh, up until she got a concussion uh, before the first game, so she's out. Hopefully, we get her back uh, by next week or the week after. And, yeah, man, I mean, she's a, a great addition. you got Malaysia DePrisco, who's also athletic. We can use some of that athleticism. And, uh, you know, some other kids that may come back that, you know, could definitely help us in the fold. Coach, I had a chance to watch the Lafouche Paris Jamboree last night. I know one of the players that was playing out there is a signee, and I got some good reports from the Terrebonne Jamboree as well. Um, I know one of your big emphasis is uh, recruiting local. There's a lot of talent in this area, brother. And look, when you go on the road and you beat a two-lane and you start drawing some home crowds like you had Monday, it's uh, a very attractive thing to these people, man. You said it last night on, on Twitter. Why wouldn't you be a colonel right now? Yeah, why not? Why not us? Why not us? I mean, you go to these places, what are you going for? The For how the place looks, the brick and the mortar. You want to come and be in a program with excitement, with energy, with some passion, where you know, hey, we're going to be treated well. Uh, coach is going to push us. We're going to continue to get better, and we just got great vibes, you know. So, I mean, what, what are you like? Why not Nichols? Why not us? You know. So, uh, you, we can go out on the road and play with one of the top teams in the state. Why not us? Yeah, no doubt, man. Look. I kept looking over on Monday behind the bench and, you know, I see your family there and, you know, you got the, you know, the wife and kids there. And like, I was just thinking to myself, like, I'm sure you had a great time at Georgia Southwestern. I'm sure you really loved everything there, but this is home, dude. That had to be super special. See your folks there, your people there, some people that you went to school with there. Like there's no place like home, man. You got to just be having a blast right now. Man, absolutely. That is, is no place like home. Uh, like you said, at Georgia Southwestern, it was special. You know, my parents, even when I was playing, they, they hardly missed the game. So uh, it's the same when we coaching. Uh, can't thank them enough. They're always there. And then my lovely wife and my kids, of course. But like you said, 
just some of my old teammates and some of our classmates from Nichols, from high school, being able to just come in as well. I mean, you know, because it's not as far as Georgia. I mean, it's just amazing, you know, just the support and the love that we're getting right now. Um, you know, we need it, man. We need it all. And uh, I think a part of that second half, too, that second half push against North American was our fans as well, right? You got somebody to play in front of. You know, it might have been a different story if we didn't have anybody in the gym. Yeah, no doubt, man. Well, look, thanks so much for the time. Congrats again. I got your game on E-plus tomorrow. Looking forward to seeing you tomorrow, bro. Hey, can't wait to see you. Thanks for having me, Casey. Absolutely. That is Coach Justin Payne with the Nichols women's basketball team doing a wonderful job. Cannot overstate how big of a win that was last night. Tulane is a team that annually is either in the NCAA tournament or in the NIT, winning 17, 18, 20 games. That's always a program that is, does a very good job. Coach Lisa Stockton, a great coach, to go on the road in your second game at Nichols State University and get a 69-66 to win at Tulane. That's big time. That is big time stuff, and I couldn't be happier for Justin Payne. Couldn't be happier for those young ladies, man. Uh, Alexi Alexander last night was huge. Uh, Delgado, the true freshman, was huge. Kyla Hamilton, Curtis. like They've got a lot of players who are making a big impact, and it's just wonderful to see. Let's catch a break when we get back. B.J. Young of the South Lafouche Tarpons will break down the Dutchtown matchup in the Division I non-select playoffs. We'll be right back after this. It's play-by-play starting our lunchtime hour on KLEB. During this holiday season, our thoughts turn gracefully to those who have made our progress possible. And in this spirit, we say sincerely thank you and best wishes for the holiday season and a happy new year from everyone at Ashley Barrios State Farm Insurance. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper or if it's just you for your daily commute, the confident and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, the back road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. Introducing Six Flags Plus, your pass to a whole year of unlimited visits with access to all Six Flags theme parks and water parks. Plus priority entry, plus parking, plus in-park discounts on food and more. Plus amazing rides and awesome events you don't want to miss. Get all you love about Six Flags. The new Six Flags Plus. All of Six Flags, all year. Experience Six Flags Plus now for just $11.99 a month. See details at SixFlags.com. Hi, this is Olivia. (coughs) I'm out sick today. Uh, Could you please (coughs) leave a message after the beep? (coughs) Don't let the flu ruin your work week. Get your annual flu shot at no cost by visiting ldh.la.gov slash fight the flu. Brought to you by the Louisiana Office of Public Health. Great news, home of businesses. We're here. We are Rev, a telecommunications provider with powerful solutions and unmatched local support. We've been bringing Louisiana people, businesses, and culture together for 85 years. Our fiber network delivers superior internet, phone, and security. It's big business technology with small business personal service. For a limited time, get up to $300 off business services. Visit us at letsrev.biz to get up to $300 off.
Welcome back to Play by Play. We start our lunchtime hour. For those of you getting in the car, go and grab a bite in the Homa area, the Thibodeau area, down the bayou, wherever you're about ready to spend the next hour. Uh, we hope you spend it with us, and we hope you enjoy your meal and your little bit of a break. Uh, we go to the phone lines for the second time today, and we have South Lafouche head football coach BJ Young on the line. BJ, good afternoon, buddy. How we doing? Good, man, y'all. Good. Doing fine, bro. Um, big game tomorrow, playoff game, taking on Dutchtown, going on the road, taking on one of the better teams in Division One, the highest enrollment school in the state of Louisiana. Watching tape, what are some things you guys are going to have to do well tomorrow? Yeah, we got we have to play well. I think it's going to be a game where you can't you can't shoot yourself in the foot. You know, we're going to have to make a lot of plays. That you know, when they, when they present themselves, we're going to have to capitalize. Yeah, we got to slow them down. You know, um, we got to play good football and uh, hope they make some mistakes. And if we, you know, when they make them, we need to capitalize on them. But look, man, it's, it's probably be the best football team we play all year. Uh, it'll be a good environment. You know, it's playoff football. Uh, you know, it was always fun games when I was at EA to play them. You know, they, they, they bring a good crowd. The students get into it. And um, look, it'll be fun. Um, I'm trying to think of the way to ask this. Last week, unfortunate situation. You guys were scheduled to play Vanderbilt. Couldn't get the game in. Electrical issue. You know, it was out of everybody's control. In a small way, looking back, hindsight, was that maybe a positive in that you guys could heal up a little bit, get some rest, and get some recovery for some kids? Could that maybe end up being a benefit to your team? I don't know. You know, you, you want to play the game. You know, you only guarantee 10 games all year, so you hate to lose one. Um, you know, lucky for us, we get to play one Friday night. As far as health goes, it's kind of the same story. You know, it's just kind of a day-to-day deal, and we would have some kids try to give it a go. Um, if they're effective, they'll stay in. If they're not being effective, then we'll go in a different direction. For sure, man. Look, one of the things Brian's been telling me all week is that Dutchtown has a big old defensive front. They're big on the offensive side, said you know they're going to run a lot of power and different things like that. How do you match their level of physicality on, on tomorrow? Yeah, look, I, they got a running back that runs a 10-6 and 100, you know, so um, for people that's not familiar with, 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 with track speed or anything like that, that's that fast. flying. <laughs> Um, you know, if he gets out, it's going to be hard. You know, that there's no, there's no, I mean, we don't have a kid to run a 10, six and a hundred. So we're going to have to stop him before he gets going. Um, this is going to be the biggest front, you know, we faced offensively, you know, talking about their defensive line and then, you know, vice versa. It's going to be the biggest offensive line that, that we faced, you know, as a defensive front, um, uh, you know, they got, they got them two outside linebackers, one six foot, um, 210 pounds, other one six two two twenty. You know, um, they're good football players. Uh, the Hanbury kid got got an offer from Southeastern, so um, he, he's he's gonna be if 22 is on the field, number 22, he's gonna be the best player on the field um, when he's on the field. He he, um, kind of like a hunter badger man. He makes plays. He's always running the ball. He don't miss tackles. They put him in to run some wildcat stuff. He uh, he's a football player, so. Uh, he's definitely one that we're going to have to stay away from uh, because if he's around the ball, he's going to make the play. And, you know, if he comes in as some, you know, role offensively, he's going to have to have a lot of attention drawn to him because he's a good football player. But, um, look, uh, it's a game, man. Football is a crazy game. You know, Sanimo said the other day, he remembers we were 1-8 and eight and Ryan Perlow and East St. John came over here and we beat him. Yep. You know, and, and nobody in the state gave us a chance to win that game. And then that's kind of the message, man. The only, the only, 
no one's given us a chance to win the game. You know, um, the only people that believe it is us, you know, and kind of told me, if you don't believe we can win it, you don't need to get on the bus tomorrow. Um, you know, so we, we taking that mindset. We're going to try to win the football game. You know, we're not going to, we're not backing down. So, um, we're fortunate to get in. There's only 28 teams that, that got in in division one, you know, and, uh, we wanted those 28. So we were going to try to, uh, you know, play the game and, and try to win the football game. How do you break up the day? Because it is a bus trip, but it's not like a super long bus trip where you'd be going to Alexandria, Monroe, or Shreveport. It's about an hour and a half drive. Are you guys going to do anything special, or is it going to just be, hey, let's let's hit the road and we'll, we'll show up, at, you know, about 6 o'clock like normal? Yeah, you know, look, man, there's a lot that goes into it as far as you try to make it as normal as possible, but it's a long enough ride where we feel we don't we don't, we don't need to, you know, do a lot of the, the, the taping and stuff here. It's a long time for that stuff to be on your, on your, on your body. So, uh, you got to leave yourself time to do all of that stuff when you get there. Uh, you, you don't want to find yourself eating a pregame meal at one thirty for a seven o'clock kick. So we're going to do something kind of smaller, but, but when we get there and, um, you got to pack everything up, you know, all your training stuff and you got to double check everybody's stuff, right? Because it's not our door and there is somebody shows up with two left footed cleats. Or, or no cleats, or they forgot a helmet. Uh, so we're trying in the process of get them out early enough to make sure all of that's loaded up and, and, and triple checked and things like that, and um, try to make it as normal as, as possible, you know. But plan on leaving here around two o'clock, getting there, you know, at four, a little after four, and kind of going through our pregame festivities, trying to, you know, as we would be at home, you know, in our field house, trying to making it over there as it would be for us. So it's as normal as possible, and uh, you know, to make sure the kids are focused. Look, man. Regardless of how it goes tomorrow, uh, how important is it? Because you got a big old underclassman group, and you got several players that'll be back in the following season. How important is it for those young guys to get that taste? I know you're focused on this year, but to have a, a younger group that's going to get some playoff experience that has to be good for the future, right? Yeah, it, and, and two, it's about it's about the younger kids feeling success. Um, you know, if you string together years where there's not success or you string together years where there's no, you're not winning a playoff game or you're not in the playoffs, it, you know, that kind of becomes – you don't want that to become who you are, you know, and, and that's the expectation. You know, I, I told them the other day, you know, it's just it, – it, it is good to get in the playoffs. But, you know, you got to start looking past that, 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 that hump, man. I feel like sometimes we get into the – you know, uh, here where it's like, you know, we get into the playoffs and in the first round, and then you win that, everybody's so shocked. You know, it's just, well, you know, it's another, damn, got to go play another one. You know, and it's kind of like, man, I, that was new for me. You know, I, it's, it's them deep playoff runs and stuff. That's why you got into it, man, you know, to make deep runs and, and stuff like that. So we're trying to break that, that wall down of, you know, just making the playoffs being good enough, you know, and it, it's a battle, man, you know, um, but, but we're chipping away at it. Man, something that, I, I mean, I know your focus is on tomorrow's game, but just in the back of your mind, dude, there, like Brian's coming on here and telling us throughout the week that there's some proposals saying that you're going to only be in the district that you're classified in, meaning that if South Lafourche is Division One, you're going to be in an, an all-Division One district, but the district maps and proposals come out and you're still in a 4A district. Like, we don't know what the hell nothing's going to look like next year, bro. It's just crazy, man. Like, it, it, it's got to be impossible for you guys to try to make plans and try to make a schedule when you don't know where you're going to be. You don't know what district you're in. Like, it's just a big old pain in the neck, bro. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, you know, you get you try to make a schedule, 
but 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 almost in the nature of for what you know so you know they drew for a schedule last year in the 5a district and you know it's like well i can come and, and draw names for for the 5a district but what if i'm not in the 5a district then i gotta go find a you know week week one through four or whatever it is or week one through three and a week seven you know uh late in the game so it stinks man you know you don't know where you're gonna fall uh you, you pull we pulled for districts yesterday you know at the district meeting uh district games so um you know it's tough it's tough scheduling you know right now they add eb white to the district uh that we're already in you know so yeah now you know you cut down another um i guess game you can schedule you know and uh so Look, man. It's it's it, the regardless of the district we go in. If it's the five eight district um, with East St. John Homeville Dustran and all them cats, or if we over here with with Ed White and and, uh, and Vandy and Assumption and, and Lutcher, it's we're gonna have to get ready to play and continue to get better if we're gonna want to compete. Yeah, no doubt. Very well said. Before we let you go, bro, what are some keys to victories tomorrow? What are some things the Tarpons have to do well? I think I think it's important for us to come out and uh, and start fast. Uh, maybe try to catch them off guard a little bit. Uh, be physical with them, and uh, you know do things to try to force them to make mistakes and us not make them and capitalize when they do. Uh, I think that that'll give us a chance. You know, if we come out and don't play our best game, um, it can get ugly. So we we uh, the goal is to come out and and uh, and take it to them early and uh, and let us see how it ends up. No doubt, brother. Hey, thanks so much for the time. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow, buddy. All right, man. Thank you. Yep. That is BJ Young doing a good job as always. Tarpons have a tall task, man. Lutcher. Um, Lutcher. Dutchtown is better than Lutcher. That's what I was trying to say. Dutchtown is better than a Lutcher. Dutchtown is better than a Vanderbilt. Dutchtown is better than an, an, an Assumption. Um, and I think he hit the nail on the head. Is trying to think of the way to say this. Because I'm really not trying to make anybody upset but at the end of the day it has to be said sometimes I think there's a little bit of an intimidation factor right South Lafouche went into Lutcher and you could just sense from the early stages that the kids I don't know if the kids knew or thought or understood that they could win that game and you played a little tight you fell behind you got blasted you got blown out I think South Lafouche's kids thought they could beat Assumption and in as a result, battled their asses off, played hard, lost by a touchdown. Well, Assumption beat Lutcher. So if you could play with one so closely, but you get blown out by the other, what's causing that difference? And I think mentally it's a Tarpon team that sometimes because of the youth, sometimes because of history because Lutcher has always blown out South Lafouche and Assumption and South Lafouche have always been close. I think it becomes just like this mental game of chess. And that's what BJ was talking about is that we don't want to just be the team that, you know, hey, everybody's super jacked up just that we got in. We want to become the team that everybody's expecting us to get in. And then we win in the opening round. Then we're playing in round two. And then every, you know, once in a while we catch a good group and we're playing on Thanksgiving week in the quarters. And that's what they're trying to build. And they've got a core group, right? These sophomores and these freshmen are very talented, very gifted players. This could be their first of several straight playoff runs. And I think it's important that you get that experience. I think it's important that you get that um, opportunity to go out there and play. 
and just go give it all you got, man. Uh, you're an underdog. Who gives a damn? You know, uh, Colorado was an underdog against LSU a couple nights ago. They beat them by 20. You know, anything could happen, and we'll see how the Tarpons fare themselves tomorrow against Dutchtown. Let's catch a break when we get back. Going to Mr. Stan Grava um, for our Terrebonne General Thursday interview. We'll be right back after this. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. Fago Funeral Homes wants to say that the end of the year brings no greater joy than the opportunity to express season's greetings to you and yours. May your holiday be filled with joy and happiness. Fago Funeral Home, caring you can count on. Sports is about overcoming obstacles. This is Ernie Johnson Jr., and those are the stories I love to tell in the broadcast booth. But the courage of college athletes is more than matched by another group of young men. The boys fighting Duchenne muscular dystrophy. It's the most prolific genetic killer diagnosed in childhood. And there's no cure. But college football coaches are doing something about it. And you can help. It's called Coach to Cure MD. Text the word CURE to 501-501 to donate $25 on your next mobile phone bill. Or go online at coachtocuremd.org. Text the word CURE to 501-501 today. Help college football coaches cure MD. You'll be proud you did. Brought to you by the American Football Coaches Association. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dofriendlumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. Juice! Juice, please! Welcome back to Play by Play. Hope you guys are enjoying your Thursday as much as we are. We had BJ Young in the last segment. We thank him for the time. We had Nichols women's basketball coach, Coach Justin Payne, on two segments ago, and we thank him so much for the time. Now we go to our Terrebonne General Thursday interview where, we'll, where we will spend about the next 25, 30 minutes with Mr. Stan Grava, who's on the line now. Stan, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing? Hey, doing well, Casey. Thanks for having me on. Of course, man. Uh, big day. It is playoff eve for a lot of our local football teams. I think there might be a game or two on Thursday uh, tonight, but I don't think it involves any of the local teams. Had BJ on uh, last segment. The Tarpons are taking on Dutchtown. Thibodeau taking on Southside. And just, just teams up and down the state, they're going to be playing. How do you break down our week one playoff matchups for our local teams, my friend? Well, you know, it's sort of one of those deals where uh, it's always going to be tough if you had the bottom half of the bracket. And listen, I'd like to expound, and I don't want to get caught up too, too much in all of the LHSAA, for lack of a way to term it, BS. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it's still, it's mind-boggling to me that South Lafouche has to play a school that has 1,600 more kids 
than what they have at their school. I mean, you know, realistically, think about that. That means that if you're sitting there and you're staring at the South Lafourche campus, to be Dutchtown, you would be one and a half times bigger than what you are right now. So obviously that leads to having more athletes, more linemen, more skilled people. And that's still a little tough to take. I don't get it. But, you know, it sort of is what it is, I guess. And that's the way the coaches have to go into it this year. But unfortunately for them, it looks like it's going to be in years to come also. Uh, You know, not going to be easy for the Tarpons. Not going to be easy for Terrebonne Tigers because Westgate is really good. Not going to be easy for Thibodeau High because Southside is really good. Uh, On the flip side of that, you know, I'm sure that Coach Minton want, wouldn't want me telling his kids this, but I think it's going to be super easy for Vanderbilt. They're playing a Douglas team that's not very good. As a matter of fact, when you look at teams that got really good draws into the playoffs, no matter what their division was, Vanderbilt's up there and getting a pretty good draw. I think, uh, again, tomorrow they shouldn't have any problems with Douglas, and I realize JFK is really good in that next round, and I don't want to get into the next round too, too much yet. But uh, a good draw. And I got to tell you, I had the luxury of sitting with Pop, uh, Vidros, and Chris Dugas on Tuesday, and both of those guys were saying, you know, Vanderbilt's draw is pretty good, but boy, I'm going to tell you what, Assumption might have the best draw out of everybody. And that division two bracket for non-select is just not super strong. I mean, you know, and I and I, I know Cecilia is really good, and I know, you know, there are those teams, but it's not that traditional chock-a-blocked with all of these great traditional programs. So that being said, again, it goes back to those teams we have in the area who I think are going to have an uphill battle tomorrow night and those who it might be a little bit easier for them. We got state volleyball tournament going on right now in Lafayette. We have Assumption, E.D. White, and Vanderbilt all out there. Central Catholic also representing the Morgan City area. Uh, just got a text alert from Mr. Brad Weimer, who's in attendance out in Lafayette. He said E.D. White just won the third set, so they lead two sets to one against Lafayette Christian. Won the first set, lost the second set, won the third. Uh, hopefully the Cardinals could finish that out. Hopefully Vanderbilt and Assumption are successful later today. A little bit of a bummer, though, right? I mean, you're playing a quarterfinal match. You're facing Lafayette Christian in Lafayette, and the game starts at, like, 1045. Like, a little bit of a bummer, but hopefully E.D. White and our local teams farewell. It was a little bit easier when they were playing in the Pontchartrain Center. They did start that early, but it was just easier for us in this area to get there. And obviously, if you're playing Lafayette Christian in Lafayette, I'm sure they have a big fan base there, so that doesn't help out the Lady Cardinals any at all. I do know we have a large contingent from here at Terrebonne General going up to Lafayette to uh, support Vanderbilt Catholic as uh, our uh, sports performance training center here does all of the weights and conditioning work for Vanderbilt Catholic, so they're really excited. I cannot tell you the job that Letitia Wise has done with that group at Vanderbilt Catholic. They were not scheduled to be this good this year. There are a lot of people who thought it might be a learning year for the Vanderbilt girls and that it would be a little bit of a struggle. And I don't know what she did. She's got them believing in themselves. They played E.D. White extremely tough. So they believe that they could beat Parkview Baptist this afternoon that they could compete with an E.D. White if E.D. White goes on to hold on to win that match against Lafayette Christian. 
So, uh, yeah, ought to be really good out there. Of course, assumptions always good. I'm not sure they're as strong as they've been in the past. But uh, I, I, And I've never been outside of the Pontchartrain Center for the tournament, so I don't know what the feel is like over at the Cajun Dome. Obviously, that's a, a bigger venue. But uh, i got to tell you, it is one of the highlight marks uh, for me going to high school events. It was always great in the Pontchartrain Center, and I hope our local teams can do well. Basketball is is slowly getting revved up. I went to the Lafouche Parish Girls Jamboree last night. Understand the Terrebonne had one as well. Tonight, I'm going to be at the Terrebonne Boys Jamboree. You know, it's a little weird, right? I think we've got some local teams that have a lot of promise. I think Vanderbilt boys and girls are pretty much the cream of the crop locally. Um, But we've got some question marks, right? I mean, Coach Cornell Scott comes on at media day, and he's Quoting Deion Sanders saying, you know, hey, I'm young. You better beat me now because you're not going to beat me in the future. You know, Ellender boys are expecting to maybe not be quite as dominant. Vanderbilt yesterday for the girls in the Jamboree beat Ellender something like 34 to 1 or something like that. So the Ellender girls might be a little down. So it's going to be interesting to see there. I think it's going to be some successful teams, but maybe not necessarily some of the teams that we would think would be overly successful on a given year. I would agree with that. I would agree that if you're going to start the pecking order off and you don't put Vanderbilt's boys and girls at the top, you're probably wasting your time. Uh, Then after that, it might be the exact opposite of what we've seen in football. A lot of the football teams that have had a lot of success might not be quite as strong in basketball, and a lot of them that really struggled in football might be a little stronger. You know, let, let's see what H.L. Bourgeois does. They had a uh, what I would term as a dismal football season. Uh, but I think, you know, maybe it's built around them being good in basketball. And that happens sometimes, not always. Because I do think that Brandon Brown could probably have a strong showing in basketball, too. Because Terrebonne has just got some, they got some dudes over there, man. And by the way, I was thinking of Terrebonne real quick. Just a quick congrats to Ja'Kai Douglas, who was the ACC yeah. player yep. of the week this week. So so while we sort of have our eyes on Mason Smith, at, and listen, we hope Mason does really well at LSU. I think it's been a struggle for him this year. But that being said, let's not forget all of the other athletes we have from the Bayer region who are doing well elsewhere. Uh, basketball, I think, is going to be a lot of fun. But I do think, again, boy, and I, and I hate saying this, I I I think it's going to be Vanderbilt and everybody else. Yeah, no, it's hard to disagree with that, Um, given what they have coming back, given what they've done in recent years, given what other schools have lost. Yeah, I think that that's a pretty safe uh, early season assessment. Um, LSU's got a big one on Saturday. They're taking on Florida. Um, Napier is 5-4. and He needs one more game to become bowl eligible. He closes with LSU, Missouri, and Florida State. So Napier's kind of coaching maybe for – some job security. LSU's playing to try to get another 10-win season, which Brian Kelly said is important to him as he's building this program. Um, what do you think, man? The Tigers are coming off of a game where they couldn't stop a runny nose against Alabama defensively. Daniels maybe not 100% with the concussion. LSU's a big favorite, a two-touchdown favorite. Are they going to bounce back against Florida on Saturday? Well, I'll back up to that game last week with LSU, and and I got to tell you, I'm probably not near as disappointed as a lot of LSU fans out there because I, I, you know, it showed us this is what it is. And for you folks who, including me, who were thinking there was some glimmer of hope that that defense was going to be 
I don't even want to say good. Let's go with mediocre. You know, uh, that, that's not what they are. That game, I think, on Saturday showed us what they are. Now, to put it in perspective, LSU has lost to three teams who are very good, who are, you know, in the top ten, who are possibly all going to be in a playoff at the end. I, I don't, you know, that's not probable, but possible. So that being said, I guess we need to realize that it's, uh, it, was, it was some good football along the way. Uh, Florida's backs up against the wall. You know, I don't, I don't see any way they could come out and win this game against LSU, except that sometimes it's when you play the team. And, well, you know what? I just said the dumbest statement in the world, Casey. I said I don't see any way they could beat LSU, and I did not take into consideration LSU's defense. Yep. That there's a way, yep. <laughs> and that's the way. <laughs> you outscore them, or you know, Daniels can't play, or he can't play at the level that he's capable of playing, and maybe the offense doesn't do enough, you know, for LSU. So yeah, I guess there's a way, but I just don't see it happening. Uh, and, and you know, I, I'd like to give a little bit of credit. If we're going to give any credit to the defense. I'm starting to come to the conclusion it's not the defensive backfield as much as it is the defensive line. Yes. That is a woeful defensive line. And when you're watching it, I'm thinking, man, if I was a corner or a safety right now, I'd go back in the huddle after I got burned like on a pass play. I'd go back in the huddle and say, guys, you got to give me help. you got to give me something. Or I'd go to the coaches and say, put a spy on that guy back there or whatever the case may be. But, yeah, you know, we keep on talking about, and I keep on harping on offensive and defensive line play. And uh, that's pretty much what this ball's down to for me. Yeah, no doubt, man. Very well said. Uh, exciting things happening at Nickel State University right now. The Colonels are one football victory against Lamar away from winning the outright Southland Conference Championship, clinching a playoff berth, and frankly making their matchup with Southeastern irrelevant in terms of anything other than pride and a rivalry. Uh, men's basketball opens their season at Tulane, plays very well. Despite having to replace 80-plus percent of their scoring, plays well, loses by single digits. And then the women last night, fresh off of a five-win season a year ago, go on the road and beat Tulane 69-66. to Tulane, for those who don't follow women's basketball all that closely, that's a perennial 17-20 to win team that makes the NCAA tournament. That's a huge win. Had Justin Payne on earlier in the show. He was so, so super excited. The Colonels are more athletic on the women's side than they've been in years past. They've got freshmen, true freshmen, who are playing big roles. Uh, you're starting to see, you know, you and I both thought this was a Grand Slam home run. You're starting to see why in the early stages the Colonels look like they got some new life on the hardwood, Bubba. Yep, I agree 100%. And before we, you know, talk about the girls' basketball program, Coach McMahon was here from LSU on Tuesday, and I had the opportunity to talk to him a little bit. You should have heard him rave about Coach Sadler yeah. and some of the kids that he's got in and that program. Now, listen. He's doing it because he wants us all to go to Baton Rouge tomorrow night and watch a basketball game, <laughs> I guess. But on the other hand, I think there's some sincerity to that at some level. And uh, he really talked well about them and what they have cooking there at Nichols. So excited about that. And then to see what Coach Payne did last night against Tulane, really, really exciting. And then to think that the football game is basically for the conference championship this week. 
going to be a lot of fun over at Nichols. I'm very vested in football at Nichols this year for the not the first time. I've always, you know, obviously wanted them to do well, but I live close to John L. Gidley Stadium now, so I've been going to every home game, and it's just sort of fun to see the way it's getting better and better. The one thing I don't understand, and maybe you can help me with this, Casey, their record is four and four, but it's not four and four. It's five and four. <laughs> but if you go to the site, it says five and four. But then when it does the stats, I, and the best, and maybe you can help me with this, the best I can understand is they have to show it at four and four because when you go into statistics, then when you go like yards per game, you can't count the Northwestern game because it would make you look like you got no yards rushing in that game. Does that make any sense? No, that, 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 yeah, that's exactly what it is. Is is there four and four on the field, five and four in the standings based on the forfeiture? But yeah, that's exactly what it is. Just for yards per game and you know all those different types of stats, they got to treat it as like you know you only played eight. Well, I got to tell you too, uh, just going and look at Lamar, and that's how vested I've become. Like a couple of days before each Nichols game, I'll just kind of go take a look and. Lamar has nothing that, like, blows me off the map. There's nothing. You know, they average about 130 yards rushing, which obviously is not bad, but I thought, well, okay, so they throw the ball. And then you go to that side, the ball, and they average about 165, 170 yards a game passing, and you're going, well, wait a minute. There's there's not a whole lot there. Of course, I'm probably giving (laughs) Nichols a kiss of death by saying all of this, but but I – I think it's obviously a very winnable game. It's a game that you have to be excited for because, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you win, you are in the FCS playoffs, yep. right? You win, you're in. God, that's 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 awesome to think of. You know, the three games they started this season out with, and we knew that was going to be tough sledding early on. To be at this point where you have a chance of winning, I'll bet you. I would bet you a hundred dollars that Coach Rebo would love to take back the very end of that Southeast Missouri game, too. Because I think, you know, that obviously could have been one that they could have come up with a W, too. But maybe they learned from that. Maybe that maybe that's why they went out and played Incarnate Word so well this past weekend. But, yeah, you know, all three of those programs are doing extremely well. they got a long way to go in soccer now. The girls' soccer program really struggled. I think they were 1-17 this year, so that's – there's some work to be done there. But, again, I think JT is doing a great job as athletic director, and he's going to try and fix everything. So when you pull up Southland Conference stats, you're always going to see, you know, Nichols State at the top of all the standings. No doubt, my friend. Uh, look, the big question mark in the offseason was, okay, you got this LSU women's basketball team that has so many talented players. You return Angel Reese, you return – um, you know, the, the, the rapper, Floje Johnson, I forgot, I was forgetting her name. Uh, you return several key pieces and then you add Van Lith, who was an all American and Morrow, who was an all American and Michaela Williams, who's the number one player in the country in her high school signing class. And, you know, everybody was kind of, sort of, of two different schools of thought. I was on the school of thought of they're going to have so much talent. They're going to, they're going to blast everybody. Brian was on the opposite is that, hey, you got these kids that are making lots of money and you got everybody on that roster is used to being the best player on their team. Now somebody's going to have to be the third, fourth, and fifth best player. It's going to be awkward. And you lay an egg in the opener. You get not just beat, but you get beat up by Colorado. You're not good defensively. Your offense doesn't have flow. Kim Mulkey said after the game, look, 
We got to watch the film. I don't know who the heck this was that was playing. We thought we were better than this. She called it a, quote, come to Jesus moment watching film and kind of getting everybody's egos in check. They're playing Queens tonight at the PMAC. They're going to win that by as much as they want to win it by. But I'm going to be very curious the next time LSU plays a viable opponent to see if some of these issues that they had in the opener are going to get fixed. It was a surprise to me for sure, and obviously you're the first person I thought of after I heard the score because I didn't follow it live. As a matter of fact, I had forgotten that it was going on. And when I saw that score, it blew me away. I understand there's a lot of people who had actually put money down on LSU of not losing a game the entire season, which is a Vegas thing. And uh, when you see the score, not only see the score, it's like you just said what the score was. We believe that Kim Mulkey is going to be the kind of coach who can sort of assemble this kind of talent altogether. The one thing we don't know is we've, I, we have no idea how each of those young ladies or how they interact with their personalities are. So I don't know if it's an easy thing or not an easy thing, but I would tell you that losing that first game, we're going to find out real quick. I mean, that's the bottom line. Uh, and you're right, you wouldn't find out about that tonight, but they have some games coming up where I think we'll see if it's going to get better or worse. I've seen teams like this with this much talent. It just never works. There's never chemistry. And then I've seen teams like this where they sort of figure something out and they all become friends and it's a kumbaya moment and they figure everything out. So I, I, I don't know which way it'll go for sure, but if I had to guess, Kim Mulkey's going to sort of get it together. And another thing that always happens, listen, for those, you know, for those who are given much, much is expected. And that being said, the way the LSU season ended last year, one, they're always, the Lady Tigers are always going to have a target on their back. Just wait till the SEC starts. I mean, teams are going to be gunning for them. There's no doubt about that. Two, they're going to have fun if they beat you. And Colorado certainly has been having fun all this week. The one thing I would maybe caution Colorado and everybody else who does this to LSU's women's basketball program is the only thing that matters is the national championship. And building up bulletin board material right now, you know, is probably not a good thing against a team that's this talented. So we'll see. But, yeah, very surprised at that loss. And even even if it would have been a loss at the way they lost, that was really, really surprising. Let's talk about this. Um, on the flip side to that, and in talking about NIL and, and, and different things, Jay Johnson yesterday and the LSU baseball team signed what I heard Kendall Rogers call the best recruiting class in the history of college athletics, not just baseball, in the history of college athletics. They signed six players in the national top ten. So LSU got six of the top ten. The whole rest of the country got four. Um, it's going to be a challenge to get all of those kids on campus and out of the MLB draft. But they did it last year. They only lost one signee to the MLB draft. Why? Because they're paying the players to come to school, NIL money. The kids are seeing, hey, if I go to play at LSU, I'm going to A, make a bunch of money. B, I'm going to have the college experience. C, uh, there are a lot of folks that say that the SEC is akin to double-A ball. So you're getting on-job training for when you are a professional baseball player to see that class and know that even if you just get three or four of them on campus – my goodness, they're building something there. Kendall Rogers called it the best recruiting class of all time, any college sport. 
I have a friend who is staunch anti-NIL, right? When we talk sports, he's like, there's nothing good about the NIL. And I said the other day to him for the first time, I said, you know what? I'm starting to think there might be one good thing. He said, what's that? And I said, kids will maybe stay around. Those kids who come to play baseball at LSU might play baseball at LSU. Uh, We've heard Caleb Williams is now saying, heck, I'm making so much with NIL money, I'm probably going to stay unless you give me part of your professional franchise. Then you got people like, uh, you know, Shador uh, over there with uh, Coach Dion. He made the announcement yesterday that his boy was staying in school and he was going to go till he finished all his eligibility in college. And I think a little bit has that to do with NIL money being around. And it's sort of ironic we're talking about this. Actually, right before I came on air, right before – you know, our person here who's the director of marketing, Rhonda uh, Alfred, had walked out. We had a meeting. We are in a partnership with Gavin Dugas, you know, who obviously is, is sort of a pride of our area and played at LSU. And uh, we've been talking with Gavin. Gavin's going to be in next week, and he's going to spend a day with me, and we're going to do some media things. I would love to get his take on how this works and a little bit more about Coach Johnson and how he feels about Coach Johnson and all of that. So I may be able to add to that whether we're going to see all of those kids on the baseball field at LSU and how it might work in the future. But I, but I do believe baseball, more than any sport, NIL, well, let me rephrase that. Baseball at a school like LSU and at a school like you know South Carolina and SEC school, baseball is going to reap the benefits of the NIL simply because I think a lot of those kids who would have gone straight MLB are going to hold back a little bit and maybe give a couple of years of college a shot because they'll have money in their pocket while they're doing it. Let's talk about the Saints before we wrap up. Uh, New Orleans is in first place in the South. They got another victory last week. Um, I don't know what to make, right? Because in the NFL, <laughs> the, the goal is, you know, hey, just get in the dance, give yourself a chance. But you're also a Saints team that were playing the Bears, who are dreadful. You got five turnovers to your zero you're at home and you had to like squeak by because you just refused to put the game away. So like, I don't know whether to be excited. I don't know whether or not to be optimistic. Um, I watch the Saints play and then I watch a team like the Eagles or the Cowboys play and I think it looks like two different sports. I think there's a clear tier that's above New Orleans right now. You're taking on Minnesota without their starting quarterback, but it's a Vikings team that has won four in a row and they're expecting to get Justin Jefferson back. Um, I don't know what to make, man. You are in first place, but it just doesn't look pretty right now. I can remember years back, New York Giants made the playoffs, and they were—they just didn't look very good at all. And next thing you know, Eli Manning is winning an, uh, a Super Bowl with the Giants. And this looks nothing like that. I thought, you know, the Giants, even though they were the wild-card team and they were hobbling into the playoffs, they still look like they had something. Like if they put everything together, they could really be good. If the Saints put everything together, I think they're still sort of a middle-of-the-road NFL team. But but the only thing I could say about this is, because, you know, the conversation comes up with a lot of people now is, is, would you rather lose games and get a good player in the draft or would you rather just go into the playoffs and get your brain, brains beat in in the first round? The reason I would say you probably want to get in the playoffs is because the NFL is built on matchups and you just happen to get the right teams that you match up against. 
things might work out. For example, I could see the Saints play in, let's say right now Philadelphia is the best team in NFC. I'm, I'm sorry I have to say that, Casey, but they just beat the <laughs> Cowboys, so I'll say it. Let's say it's them, right? I could see the Saints go and play the Eagles and beating them in a close one because they matched up well Some, for whatever reason. I don't know if they do, but I'm just saying hypothetically, maybe they can match up well. And I could see them playing the Cowboys the next week and getting their brains beat in. So on that level, a lot of times it's matchups and where people might sort of have an advantage over you. So I guess getting into the playoffs. The other thing is, I don't know if there's anybody coming out of college football that's going to make you that. I don't even think Caleb Williams is that guy. I know everybody thinks he is, but I maybe, maybe. But 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 you kind of stuck with your quarterback in your Orleans anyway. So it's not like a uh, you know a quarterback's going to change everything for you. So I don't think so. And listen, the Saints' history of getting first round draft choices. <laughs> I think the kid this year is pretty good, but if you go back for the last few years, it hadn't been good anyway. So I don't know if throwing things to get an early-round draft choice is necessarily advantageous to the Saints either. So I would say hobble your way, do what you got to do to win the NFC South, get into the playoffs, and just hope that your matchups match up pretty well against the teams you might have in front of you. The Pelicans, eight games into the season, are already a mass unit. You've got several key players who are out. Brandon Ingram has missed games with a sore knee. Zion Williamson has missed two games without an injury, one for rest, one for personal reasons. I understand his his um, girlfriend had a, a child and whatever it may be. C.J. McCollum is out with like pneumonia and a collapsed lung. And like I keep going back, and I, I'm sure you've seen the movie, the movie Dumb and Dumber, where Jim Carrey famously said, our pets' heads are falling off. That's what it feels like right now with the Pelicans, man. Every third game, somebody gets hurt. And, look, they spent their whole offseason not doing a whole lot on the premise of we're banking that if we're all together, we're really good. We haven't even played 10 games, and all three of the star players have missed time. Well, the, the one I'll give a pass to is C.J. McCollum because, I, I you know, what, what he has going on with a partially collapsed lung and everything. I certainly understand the health issue that goes along with that, and he's sort of seen it before. But nonetheless, it is a problem, right? I, you follow the NBA a whole lot more than I do. Do you see this, whether it's one of the teams that has Harding or what? Do you see this with other teams? Are they going through these same kind of things? No. No, not at all. This is unique to the Pelicans. Like Other teams have injuries and stuff, right? But not anything like this. Yeah, it's kind of mind-boggling. And the other day I sat down and said, well, maybe this is the way the NBA is everywhere. Maybe if I was sitting in Memphis or I was sitting in, you know, Minnesota, uh, and I'm trying to think of teams that have the same market size as New Orleans, I'm thinking maybe they're sitting there, and when I would hear their newscast, I would think the same thing because, you know, player A is not playing because of this, and player B has decided to take off because uh, he needed to go get his fingernails clipped that night or whatever the case <laughs> is. And, um, and that's what it sounds like. It's like almost like ludicrous. And it's almost like there's these built-in little things in that contract that we don't know about that gives them days off. And I love when Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal and those guys go, what is wrong with these guys? Man, you, you get paid millions upon millions of bucks to go play basketball and you don't even want to do it 
three times a week, you know. So, yeah, and the other thing is, is listen, after the first four games of the year, I was like, I, they got me again, Casey. I went to the edge of my seat going, hey, maybe this is the Pelicans team. Maybe this is it. And then here we are again. Yeah, it's unbelievable, man. Well, look, Stan, we thank you so much for the time. As always, enjoy the rest of your day, and we look forward to chatting on Saturday, buddy. Thank you very much, Casey. Have a have a good call tomorrow, and uh, I think you got two games tomorrow, right? Doubleheader. I got Nichols women at 11, and then South Lafouche at Dutchtown, 7 o'clock. I got to find this nickname for you, the hardest working man on the bike. That's too easy. I'm going to find something, but... Uh, <laughs> I hope you have a terrific call tomorrow, and yeah, I, I look forward to Saturday. Thanks, my friend. As Mr. Stan Gravois doing an excellent job, as always. Says hardest working man on the bike. I like that. Uh, we're going to give him a pay raise for saying that. Let's catch a break when we get back. We'll talk about some things happening in the world of sports, and we'll close the door on this Thursday show. It is play-by-play. -play. We'll be right back after this quick commercial timeout. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafouche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse. 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. At Terrebonne General Multi-Specialty Clinic, we're dedicated to your well-being. Our expert team of healthcare professionals offers convenient, comprehensive medical care in one trusted location. Whether you're dealing with common illnesses like cold and flu, diabetes, breathing issues, or need help managing your health, our caring and knowledgeable staff are here to treat your symptoms. Call 985-873-4729 or visit tghealthsystem.com to schedule your same or next day appointment. Hi, I'm Chad Boudreaux, owner-president of Joe's Septic Contractors. One of the real joys of the holiday season is the opportunity to say thank you and to wish everyone a happy holiday and new year filled with wealth, happiness, and prosperity. From the staff of Joe's Septic and the entire Boudreaux family. This is Casey Gisclair here with Play by Play. Broadcasting Monday through Friday from 1130 to 1, we will offer the latest in high school sports all across the Bayou region with a little bit of college and pro mixed in. We'll interview coaches and student athletes throughout the week, getting their thoughts on the action happening in our area. Our phone lines are always open, so feel free to chime in with your thoughts as well. Find us on social media. We will be heavily promoting our content and getting our audience involved. That's Play by Play every Monday through Friday at 1130 right here on your home for high school sports, 102.7 FM, KLEB. Get some of the best deals of the year at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. It's their Black Friday sales event. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks, vans, cars, and SUVs. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business or home life. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get a great deal on your dream car, SUV, or truck today at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. One more segment to go. We thank Stan Gravoff for his time in the last segment. Always love chatting with Stan. He gives a good perspective of things happening in local sports. Uh, tonight, I will be at the Terrebonne um, High School Boys Jamboree. 
A lot of folks, oh, why you don't want to go watch the Tarpons? Well, they don't have their football guys. Um, Thibodeau, who's also there, they don't have their football guys. Out in Terrebonne Parish, we've got Bourgeois and Ellender and a few others who are going to be closer to full strength. So uh, it's going to be a more realistic evaluation tool uh, to see those teams as opposed to some of the Lafouche teams. But if you are in the Thibodeau area and want to go watch the uh, Tarpons play, they are competing over at Thibodeau High School later today. Um, so let's talk about some things here in this segment. The Pelicans, as Stan and I were talking about, um, lost 122-101 to last night to the Timberwolves. Zion Williamson out of the lineup um, with personal issues, and apparently we learned later that his girlfriend or whomever is um, was giving birth to... A child, so yeah, that's an excused absence. Um, and we certainly wish nothing but the best to mom, and um, hope everything there went well. Um, but here's my thing, man. The Pelicans are four and four. They got beat up on last night. And here's the thing that I I, I can't stress nor emphasize enough with this New Orleans team. I, you're stuck. You're stuck. You're in the middle. How often do you hear me say in the NBA, the middle is the worst place to be? You're stuck. Because you have a roster that has proven time and time and time again that it cannot stay healthy. McCollum is going to go down with injury. Ingram is going to have stretches where he misses seven, eight games with a sprained ankle or sore knee or hurt foot or a pulled hamstring, a pulled quad. Zion is going to be coddled and babied by the organization. He's not going to play the second night to back-to-backs. And the reason why they are doing that to him is because they don't trust that he either could stay healthy. This is a Pelicans team. I said this last year at the trade deadline when the team was in a great spot, was in the top of the standings. I was the only one, and you guys were yelling and screaming, and, oh, he's a hater. He hates all the New Orleans teams. He hates Louisiana. I was the only one saying that their general manager should be um, breaking apart this roster because even if you're full strength, you're not good enough, and you're never full strength to ascend to that annual four or five seat. The pieces don't fit. You have a zillion draft picks, supposedly, from the Lakers and the Bucks. What are you sitting on them for? Make a move. Find a way to get better. Brandon Ingram is not a winning player. You're not going to win a championship with Brandon Ingram as the best player on your team. You're just not. How many times do we have to see it? His last year in L.A., he was effective. He averaged 18.3 points per game shot, 50% from the field. He was effective. But the Lakers sucked. And immediately after they got more veteran pieces, getting Anthony Davis, getting you know LeBron and all, immediately they didn't suck. The things that Brandon Ingram does during the game are empty calories. He scores 20, 24 points, doesn't play a lick of defense, gives up more than what he scores, And you have what you have last night, a guy who scored an inefficient 24 points on 25 shots and who was a minus 24 during the game. You're not going to win with him as your best player. There's a reason why now in a close to 
decades-long career. What he's played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, now eight seasons. There's a reason why he's always gotten stats, but has never won anything of substance. And I'm not even as I hear y'all. Oh, you're a Harden fan. What has Harden ever won? Harden is going to the finals. Harden is going to the conference finals. Harden has made deep playoff pushes. Brandon Ingram's never done that. Never done that. And it's because he's just not a guy that moves the needle enough. So what's the answer? You should be willing to get uncomfortable if you're a Pelicans fan. You should be willing to trade some of your key pieces away, trade some of your draft picks away to try to upgrade because what you're doing right now is not ever going to get you to the championship. Dare to be different. Einstein says the definition of insanity is what? Doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. The Pelicans run the same damn roster out over and over and over again and expect to be better than 40 and 42. It ain't going to happen. You're 4-4 four and four right now. McCollum is out. Zion plays whenever the hell he feels like. And Ingram's already at a sore knee. You're not going to be anywhere but the middle. You're stuck in the middle until you get comfortable being uncomfortable and be willing to get rid of some of your pieces so that you could get better. Because what you got right now ain't it. What you got right now is not going to get you to that highest level. Last night, Philadelphia got a big win over Boston in the NBA. Joel and B continues to play well. The 76ers look like they're having a lot more fun this year uh, under Nick Nurse. Uh, Harden no longer there. They look like they're playing loose, look like they're playing free. They made a great sign, and Kelly Uber is really helping out that team a lot. Happy to see that for them. Uh, Brian Kelly said yesterday that Jaden Daniels was cleared to practice yesterday, so that was Wednesday, and that he was scheduled to practice today with contact. Yesterday was non-contact, you know, just throwing the ball, red jersey. And look, not that Jaden Daniels is going to get hit in practice anyway, but today he's going to go through a non-contact drill where he's going to get some scrimmages and the linemen will be able to touch him a little bit. Um, and it looks like it's full steam ahead for him to potentially play on Saturday. I can't emphasize enough how worried I am about this game if he's not able to go because I don't think that the LSU offense is going to be nearly as sharp, and I don't think the LSU defense is worth a damn. <laughs> um, so if Florida could score and LSU can't, eh, that 14-point spread looks a little dicey, but I do think that if Daniels plays, the LSU group should be A-OK, and they should be able to get a big win. Um, we've got a an NFL game tonight that, man, it ain't worth watching. Uh, Carolina and Chicago, this is going to be a game that has big implications on who gets the number one pick in the draft. The Bears are a a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Um, I mean, I don't have any interest in that, and I don't know why anybody other than Bear fans and Panther fans would, right? Um, Very quickly before we wrap up, I want to give a shout-out to a young man who earned an accolade yesterday. Um, My guy, Kobe Cantrell, um, earned the ceremonial an honorary number 14 jersey for the LCO boys basketball team this season. LCO uh, hands out an honorary number 23 jersey for football in memory of Tremaine Mack, a young man from this area who passed away from uh, after fighting cancer, was a great student athlete. They also hand out an honorary number 14 basketball jersey in the memory of Mr. Eric Thibodeau, a former LCO Bulldog in South Lafourche Tarpon, who tragically was taken from us by a senseless act of gun violence from a punk who rightfully is spending the rest of his life in jail for that crime. Uh, keep up the good work, buddy. We're super proud of everything that you guys are doing. 
and good on LCO, man. That's a really cool thing that they do to start the year. They have an inter-squad scrimmage. They gather together. They donate the proceeds to the uh, Eric Thibodeau Memorial Scholarship Fund. From what I understand, they actually donated just south of $1,000 last night. So, man, that's awesome, uh, helping out a good cause, helping out some good people um, all in the process. LSU women's basketball tonight, taking on Queens. Um, they're going to get their championship rings. Uh, Queens, God bless you. Um, it's going to be bad for you tonight. <laughs> An angry LSU team coming in. Queens lost by almost 50 to Ole Miss in their last game. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing LSU play with some vibe, start having a little bit of fun, and I think that their road back will begin tomorrow. I think that Moki and her crew are going to be um, – a okay. I, I don't buy any of the struggles or any of the, the the panic. It's just one game, and I think sometimes you could learn more from a loss than you can from a win. So I'm looking forward to LSU um, making some things happen. That's all for me today. Uh, again, tomorrow no show. Tomorrow I've got Nichols women's basketball. Catch us tomorrow. ESPN Plus, eleven o'clock. I'll be on the call. You'll get a chance to watch the red hot Nichols women's basketball team in action at home in Stouffer Gymnasium. I'm going to hit the road from there, and we will be heading to Dutchtown to get South Lafouche. I'm pulling double duty tomorrow. And then, of course, we got the Sports Corner on Saturday to give you guys all of the updates on who advanced, who's still alive, and break down some of the second-round matchups while also still keeping an eye on high school volleyball and high school basketball as well. Um, Quick programming note, uh, big time. Uh, E.D. White does get a victory over Lafayette Christian in four sets. They are going to the state semifinals in Division Three. Coach Johnson, if you're listening, we wish you and your ladies nothing but the best of luck bringing home. We're certainly pulling for y'all and hope that the E.D. White girls can win the state championship. Uh, we hope Vanderbilt fares well. We hope Assumption fares well. We're rooting for Central Catholic as well. We want all of our local teams to represent and do our area proud. That's all for us today. Casey Justclair signing off. It's always a blessing and a privilege and an honor to be with you guys every day. Um, have a wonderful rest of the day. See you at Dutchtown if you're coming. If not, hope to catch you in Thibodeau. Uh, have a great day. Y'all, God bless. Love you guys.